You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode, we are going to be recapping Kentucky basketball's 92-77 to win over the Georgia Bulldogs, and honestly, we did not expect this game to be very close. In fact, if you listened to uh, last week's uh, episode on Friday previewing this matchup, up. We knew from the get-go that this was a not not a very efficient Georgia team, and even at their peak, they probably were not going to be able to take down the Wildcats, and it took some uh, heroic performances uh, from this Georgia team to even get it close, but there were some heroic performances for, for the Wildcats uh, that really separated uh, Kentucky in this matchup. So let's just go ahead and get into it, talking about the first half. We're going to break down the second half later, then we're going to have some final thoughts to wrap the show up. Again, 92-77 was the final score. Right off the bat here, before we actually get into anything, I want to point out it was the stat of the podcast last Friday. We broke it down, and we took a look at a very interesting st- statistics. Uh, Georgia has played 10 teams that are ranked 200 or higher in the Kimpom rankings, and only one of those teams has managed to uh, they they have managed to hold that one team underneath their average points per game. So out of those nine other squads, they exceeded their average points per game against the Georgia defense. Point being, Georgia's defense just kind of bends to the will of anybody. Uh, Kentucky averaging a little over 80 points per game. Georgia, uh, Kentucky finished with 92. So there's another team that Georgia went just simply was not able to stop. And it's not like they're seeing the same style of offense again and again and again and again. It's a lot of different teams that play differently. Virginia, Wofford, Kentucky now, George Mason, Northwestern. I mean, we're seeing a lot of different offensive styles that are being thrown at Georgia and they can't hold any of them. And 92 points in this game. Kentucky had really good looks early on in this game. Uh, they just simply couldn't knock them down, and that's what kind of allowed Georgia to, to I believe they were up by six at one point, but they didn't necessarily ever at any point build like a significant lead. They just kind of kept themselves within the game, and if you look at Kim Palm, you look at the ESPN FP, or BPI, excuse me, you, you knew that it was always going to be a Kentucky win, or at least they were projecting it to be, regardless of the fact that Georgia was, was staying in the game, uh, at least keeping it tied for the majority of the first half. Aaron Cook had seven points early. He was one of the guys that we highlighted uh, as key as key players in this matchup. Shibwe was not an offensive factor for the first four minutes of the game. And then after the under-16 timeout, the Washington to Shibwe show started and we're going to talk about them a little bit more later on the show but there were numer- numerous wraparound bounce passes from Washington Ashibwe inside the paint that would finish with dunks or layups the pick and roll game was absolutely fantastic between those two again we're going to break down how important they were later on in the show a couple of transition buckets from Kentucky were nice to see early on in this game but Noah Bauman uh, the guard for for Georgia was incredibly consistent shooting the three ball today. I believe he was four of seven, if I'm not mistaken, or three of five. He, yeah, and I know we knocked down a few, and most of them actually, if not all, came in the first half. 
Uh, and it was just it, it was just incredibly efficient offense from him and Georgia early on, whether it be in the half court, whether it be in transition. Noah Bauman was the forefront of their three-point shooting. I believe halfway through the first half, they were four of six from three. Uh, they didn't take a ton of them in this game, but man, they were Georgia was knocking down a lot of different shots. Uh, and it felt like at some point just about everything in the first half. I mean, Kentucky was was in rhythm for the majority of this game, and it, it felt like the Bulldogs, were, every single time Kentucky would try and pull away, it's just like, well, there's another shot in transition from Georgia, or there's another three from Noah Bauman. And it, it was not like Kentucky was turning the ball over, and that's what led to Georgia playing well in transition. It was, it was just simply missed shots and long rebounds and, and, and runouts. For the Bulldogs, only seven turnovers on the day for the Wildcats, only seven, uh, which is very, very impressive. But I will say, and we'll talk about this later, Georgia's defense doesn't put pressure on anybody. And we we broke that down on Friday. Uh, the fact that Georgia, uh, Kentucky only had seven, seven turnovers was not necessarily to be expected, not necessarily that low of a number. But it was, it was we, we were floating somewhere around there, at least projection-wise, heading into this matchup. Both teams were very aggressive in the paint, very, very aggressive in the paint. Uh, whether it be in transition, whether it be in the hot half court, both these teams attacked it for the majority of the contest. And there were some fouls. But overall, I'm surprised that these two teams put up as many shots as they did without drawing uh, a ton of fouls. By the way, I don't know if you can hear it. It is absolutely flooding uh, outside the studio right now. So just bear with me. You may hear some thunder. You may hear some rain. Uh, but we should be we, sh- we should be okay. Both or later on in the uh, first half, I believe it was closer to the end of it. Shibway had hit a free throw line jumper. Going to talk about shot selection later on. And the color analyst on SEC Network uh, had a quote here, and I wanted to read it to you, talking about Shibway after he made that jumper. He said, "To be such a physical player, Oscar Shibway has a gracefulness and a soft touch that many physical players just simply don't have." Uh, end quote. And I, I absolutely love that statement from the color analyst, and I think he's absolutely right. Look, we've seen as the season has gone on, Shibway try and develop that little 15, 16, 17-foot jumper, and he's knocked it down. Now, he missed his first two that he took in this game, but he started to find it with some consistency as the game went on, and that makes him so difficult to guard uh, in terms of what a defense has to do to not just monitor him, but monitor the rest of the team. Is if your big man, your physical inside guy, is able to extend himself outside the paint, not only do you have to account for that, right? You have to account for the entire paint area. You have to account for guarding that. But you also have to account for what is he going to do if he kicks it out? What's he going to do if he kicks it out to an open shooter? Kellen Grady, Ty Ty Washington, Davion Mintz, who played phenomenally in this game. We'll get to him in just a minute. Uh, Severe Wheeler when he comes back. I mean, there are a lot of things that can stem off of what Oscar Shibwe does, and it hurts teams so much uh, whenever he is able to show the ability to hit that outside shot. And it's not outside shot from three. It's his outside shot, which is uh, just outside uh, the paint. 12 points, 10 rebounds for Oscar Shibwe. A double-double in the first half uh, for Shibwe. And he was taken out of last week's game against LSU for foul trouble. Did not get into it in this contest. Double-double uh, uh, for Oscar Shibway in the first half. Absolutely phenomenal. We're going to talk about what happened in the second half for the Wildcats and uh, why Kentucky was able to pull away because I believe it was 37-40 to 40 at the break. Again, Georgia just kept knocking down shot after shot after shot. 
uh, and uh, and the Wildcats weren't able to, to solidify themselves uh, in the uh, in the first half. We're going to talk about what happened in the second half in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll actually want to eat it unlike other uh, protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, plain, disgusting, and taste like a chemical spill. Other protein bars do not taste anywhere near as good as Built Bar does. And if you want to eat healthy, uh, you start to try different things, and it just eventually just gets so boring. And a few weeks in, you start to realize, like, all these things are, are flavorless. It's tasteless. It's just not worth it. Where's all the chocolate? Where's all the taste? Where's all the good stuff? And Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they contain uh, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many different flavors to choose from, like coconut almond, cookies and cream, salted caramel, brown, uh, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, mint brownie. They've got so many different flavors, guys. In fact, they're always coming out with new ones, uh, new limited time flavors, that is. So you can go to Built.com to check out. Uh, what's new and what's coming out. And you can also go to built.com using promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off any order you make. Again, that's code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Would highly encourage you to go check out Built. They've got some phenomenally tasting uh, protein bars. All right, moving along here, uh, talking about the second half between Georgia and Kentucky. By the way, Kentucky, I believe 11 and 3, 12 and 3 now on the uh, season, 1 and 1 in SEC play. Or one, two and one, excuse me, in the in an SEC play. This was a team uh, in Georgia that we did not expect a whole lot out of, and we got their best in the first half. In the second half, uh, they they started to slow down, and it was not like, uh, at least from what I observed, it was not like they were trying anything different necessarily. It's just they weren't hitting shots. Aaron Cook wasn't getting things uh, going uh, in transition. Carrillo Oquendo, uh, hopefully I pronounced his name right. I said last show, I was like, I'm, I'm about to butcher this, and I believe I, I mispronounced it then. Um, but he was not able to get his outside shot going. Uh, we noticed a couple of times that he tried to attack in transition. Mentioned how explosive he was last Friday. Uh, Kentucky drew a couple of charges on him, uh, which kind of prevented that moving forward. But there was not a lot of difference in the Georgia offense in the second half. Again, they just couldn't knock down shots. Speaking of not a lot of difference, there was not a lot of movement on the bench for Kentucky this entire game. Only six players finished with more than 15 minutes for Kentucky. And I want to go through here, and I want to just uh, just note some of the minutes. I've got, it, I've got it on my notes here. So six players finished with 15 minutes or more. Jacob Toppin had 17 minutes. Oscar Shibway had 39. Keon Brooks had 30. Ty Ty Washington had 37. Kellen Grady had 39. And Davion Mintz had 30. There were three other guys that got to play the ball game. Bryce Hopkins, who had six minutes. Lance Ware, who had one minute uh, and made the only shot that he took within that minute. And that's the efficiency I wanted out of Lance Ware. We complained about that. And the recap show, I believe it was last Wednesday, talking about the LSU loss and how inefficient Lance Ware was. Look, one minute, one basket, good for you, Ware. And then Dante Allen uh, had one minute and did not record a statistic. So uh, Kentucky really elected to play with those six guys. <laughs> believe those six guys had the best ch- chance to uh, give Kentucky a win, and they did. Uh, they went out and executed in the second half. Again, not a lot of ball movement, or not a lot of movement off the bench 
uh, for the Wildcats. Davion Mintz talked about him having 30 minutes. He came up huge uh, in absence of Severe Wheeler uh, because Wheeler was out with this game er, of the of this game, uh, sustaining a neck injury. I hope he's back soon. They kept flipping to him on on the on the on the sideline. And he he looked fine, uh, or at least looked looked okay to me. Um, but Davion Mintz came up huge uh, without Severe Wheeler being able to play. He had 19 points, was seven of 10 from the floor, and five of seven from three. And Davion Mintz was not playing point, at least for the majority of this game. It was Ty Ty Washington who had absurd numbers. Talk about that in just a second. But the reason that Mintz was important in the absence of Wheeler is because it allowed Ty Ty Washington to play point guard, and Mintz worked at shooting guard. And look, out of any shooting guard, starting, bench, whatever, if you can get five of seven from three out of him on a given night, that's absolutely phenomenal. And we've saw we've seen flashes of this from Mintz during his career at the, uh, with the Wildcats, and we've seen him now be reserved to a, a a role player coming off the bench now that Kellen Grady is here. But man, uh, he played really really well last night or two nights ago. Excuse me. Very impressed with what I saw out of Davian Mintz. Speaking of Kellen Grady, who is the starter now at shooting guard, he's in a little bit of a slump. Was four of thirteen from the field uh, against the Bulldogs. Was one of seven from three. Uh, in this game, and he did not shoot well against LSU uh, last week. He's in a little bit of a slump, and I talked about before conference play started about how important this kid is going to be as the season progresses, and I still believe that he's going to be. He's just in a little bit of a slump now, but I think we need to continue to get him the ball. I think we need to continue to let him shoot because he has proven that he is one of the better shooters in the country, shooting about 47.8. 8% from three, I believe, or almost 48% from three, which is 11, 11th in Division One right now. He's a shooter. He's going to pull out of this. Uh, so if we can just continue to feed, feed him the ball, he's going to give us a night uh, that will be crucial, I feel like, coming up in SEC play. Uh, Kentucky only shot seven free throws in this game. That's something I noted in the second half. Not a lot of fouls were being called, uh, at least on the Wildcats. Seven free throws. Kentucky made six of them. That's the efficiency you need from the free throw line. Only 10 personal fouls for Georgia. Only 10 personal fouls. Uh, This is a team that doesn't foul a lot in Georgia. They only average 14.7 fouls per game. We noted on Friday's show uh, that that was 55th nationally, and that was probably the only thing the Bulldogs do well is not foul teams. Uh, Georgia, on the other hand, uh, got 21 free throws as opposed to Kentucky's 7, and Georgia made 19 of those 21 free throw attempts, which is crazy. Just absolutely crazy. Um, just you, you, do, you don't see a team often make 90% of their free throws if they're taking more than 20 of them. Keon Brooks, uh, I've, I've criticized this kid on and off this season. Played very well. Six of eight from the floor. Had 14 points. Had a thunderous dunk uh, at the beginning of the second half. Uh, and it was just point of emphasis. Kentucky was playing well with transition in transition. They were attacking the paint. They were getting things to work inside. There were layups. There were dunks. It was just boom, 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 boom at the beginning of the second half. And Georgia, uh, who who doesn't put pressure on anybody, uh, was able to uh, w- was not able to defend uh, the Wildcats in the paint. Only four players for Kentucky took a three this game, and only two made one. It was Kellen Grady and Davian Mintz. Uh, and honestly, do not expect this team to be shooting a ton of threes given their statistics and given the fact that Cal just doesn't have teams that take threes a lot. Um, but only four players to take a three and only six players to play significant minutes was a little odd. It was just a little odd to me, uh, and we didn't see them shoot a lot from downtown in the uh, in the second half. 
Speaking of things that worst, uh, that did work in the second half, though, that did happen in the second half consistently, consistently uh, Shibwe shooting the ball in the paint. He was not stopped. He just simply wasn't stopped in the second half. Again, like I mentioned, Georgia shows no pressure uh, on defense, and it was absolutely embarrassing. And It allowed Kentucky to really get in rhythm uh, in the second half offensively. And I don't think, without watching the game, you can truly get an understanding of just how bad Georgia's defense is in terms of making opponents uncomfortable. Kentucky just kind of did what they wanted. Like the, like I mentioned earlier, Ty Ty would just get an entry pass to Shibwe. He would work it in for a dunk or a layup. It would, it would just be that over and over and over and over. And Georgia just kind of let it happen. Just kind of let Kentucky take the shot. And I'm not, I don't, I, there's a happy medium here between saying that Kentucky just played a really good game and knocked down their shots and saying that Georgia just kind of let them do whatever they want. Um, and, and I do not want to under, understate or overstate either of those two facts. Just pointing out here. Sheba was not stopped in the paint. Georgia didn't really try to either. Uh, Kentucky being in rhythm for the almost the entire game. Mentioned that in the, uh, the first half segment, talking, in, talking about it here. Again, played really, really well in transition. Uh, did not get a lot of fast break points. I believe they only had 12. Um, but overall, I thought it was a great day in terms of pace of play. Um, the Georgia offense, 77 points. Uh, and I think they had a very solid day. So we highlighted some of the major statistics uh, on the Friday show. And there are five here that I want to go through, and I just want to point out the fact that they hit the over uh, in three of the three of the categories and three of the most important categories. So Georgia averages 14.4 assists per game. Uh, Georgia had 12 uh, against Kentucky, so that hit the under. 44.2% field goal shooting for the Bulldogs on the year. Uh, Georgia shot 49% in this game against Kentucky. Hit the over there. 71.4% free throw shooting on the year. Like I mentioned earlier, 90.5% from the free throw line, 19 of 21 uh, from the charity stripe. Way over in that category was very important for them keeping this game close. 31.2% three-point shooting for the Wild, or for the Bulldogs. Uh, 31.2% from three. And then Georgia shot 47% from three in this game. 35.4 rebounds per game, and then Georgia grabbed 25, so that's 10 under their average. But in those three statistical categories right there, uh, field goal shooting, free throw shooting, and three-point shooting, they just simply had a day. This Georgia offense has not really had their moments this season. They've not really had like an explosive breakout consistency game, um, but they had it against Kentucky, and I don't necessarily think that it was something the Wildcats were doing wrong. I mean, they put pressure on them. Uh, they were they, they were contesting shots. I think they were playing well, but like we cited, Tom Crean throws a lot of different sets at you. He can throw a lot of different looks at you. Uh, he likes to play well in transition, and Georgia just simply knocked down shots. A 5-9 and nine team just went out there, and they just made their shots. Um, and there's not really much you can do if a team's having a hot shooting night. I mean, it's contagious. Anybody can knock down a shot after you see a couple go in. Um, so there's not really much to say about that other than, and I don't want to sit here and criticize Kentucky. I just want to point out, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? 77 points. What are you going to do? Score 92, I guess, is what you what you are going to do. Um, and, but I, I will say, you see all those numbers, and you think, man, uh, you would you would like to see them score a little bit over 77 points. Well, their consistency dwindled in the second half, and that was just a, a, the, the main reason that Kentucky was able to pull away in this game is, well, we kept pounding the paint over and over and over, and then Georgia on the other end wasn't making their shots, and I feel like it got in their head a little bit. 
All right, we're going to talk about final thoughts here, just kind of recap this recap uh, on the on the Monday edition of Locked on Kentucky in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, Get Upside. If you had have Get Upside, as all Locked on Kentucky listeners should, then you will be making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now using promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Again, just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much to two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's absolutely no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash it out anytime to your bank account, your PayPal, or an e-gift card or Amazon and other, or another brand of gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Again, that's code SCORE. All right, final thoughts here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you're watching on YouTube, really appreciate you. If you would do so, please subscribe to the channel, turn your notifications on so that you get notified when the next episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. We're going to be having Sean Venzel of Hoops Insight on later on this week to preview Kentucky versus Tennessee. That's going to be a huge matchup. You are not going to want to miss that. If you're listening on podcasts, Spotify has finally started allowing uh, people to to uh, put out ratings, not reviews, but ratings uh, of shows. So if you would go leave a five star review, I'd really appreciate it. Appreciate it. If you're on Apple podcast, I uh, would really appreciate it if you left a review there as well. Final thoughts here. Kentucky victors over the Bulldogs, 92 to 77. They did not cover, uh, but it was a 15 point win. Nonetheless, last week. After Kentucky lost to LSU, we we cited three things that the 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 Wildcats needed to do better to to win games in the SEC: shoot the ball with more consistency, improve their shot selection, and make better decisions in transition. So let's go over what Kentucky did in this game and compare that to those three points and see if they actually succeeded. So shoot the ball with more consistency. Well, Kentucky shot fifty-seven point one percent from the floor and forty percent from three. I would say that's that's consistent. I would say if you're shooting at a 57% clip, you're probably probably going to win a basketball game. Uh, again, Georgia's defense, uh, just absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. Shot selection, needing to improve. There were a lot of jumpers taken in, in this game. I griped a lot last week about the uh, shot selection with the two-point jumpers and just how it's just not an efficient shot. Well, Dern, I was wrong, uh, at least in this game. Uh, and uh, Kentucky was able to just kind of knock down jumpers at will. Ty Ty Washington, severe, we- or excuse me, Oscar Shibway. We really wasn't playing in this game. What am I talking about? Oscar Shibway and Keon Brooks, uh, the king of the two-point jumper. Uh, he and uh, Washington and Shibway just kind of knocked down wherever they wanted to in this game. Off the pick and roll, uh, in transition, it looked smooth. They were in rhythm. They looked comfortable. Georgia wasn't doing anything to stop it. Good on them. Great shot selection. Decisions in transition. Again, like I mentioned earlier, Kentucky only had 12 fast break points, at least according to CBS Sports. But Kentucky just attacked the paint in transition. And honestly, even when they would bring the ball up and they would kind of slow down for a second, eventually they would get a shot out of that possession and everything just kind of flowed. Everything just kind of flowed. It was really, really good pacing uh, from, from the Wildcats. I've not talked about it, so let's go ahead and get to it here. Ty Ty Washington, 17 points. 17 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 uh, two uh, steals, 
and two turnovers. A fantastic game in lieu of Wheeler not being able to play. Uh, and that was a question that we asked on Friday is, would Ty Ty be able to assert himself as as the point guard? Well, those 17 assists that I just mentioned, uh, though that broke a school record for assists in a single game. And I do not want to understate how big of an accomplishment this is for your combo guard to step out on the court in an SEC environment against another SEC team and record 17 assists. Now, you've got somebody that you're feeding the ball to quite a lot that the other team can't stop, and we're going to talk about him in just a moment, but 17 assists for your combo guard. Ty Ty Washington is an NBA player. He looks ready for it already. I know he's only a freshman. I'm willing to commit. I think he's ready to, ready to play in the NBA. Um, absolutely phenomenal what we, sh- what we saw. And part of it has to do with the fact that he is a combo guard, and you have to respect his shot. He was 8 of 13 on the day from the floor. 17 points to go with those 17 assists. That's really, really hard to stop. And I'm not saying I don't want Severe Wheeler to come back or anything. I'm not saying that the that Severe Wheeler doesn't do great things for this offense. But when you're getting 17 points out of, out of your starting point guard, if you're getting a kid that can shoot well out of your starting point guard, it makes it really difficult to guard other options on the floor. That's why he was able to pick so many assists up. But he was going to one guy in particular, and that was Oscar Shibwe. Shibwe finished with 29 points, was 13 of 20 from the floor, and 17 rebounds, two blocks, and played all but one minute of the matchup. Those two guys, Ty Ty Washington and Oscar Shibwe, you know, I've talked about Severe Wheeler and Oscar Shibwe, that that being the best big man and guard combo in the country. I mean, Wheeler's out, and... Washington just slotted right in, and I mean, it still looks like the best combination in the country. Uh, it's it's absolutely phenomenal what this kid in Shibwe has done for this Kentucky offense. Leads the SEC in points per game, believe it or not. Teams like Auburn, teams like LSU, they're not scoring as much as the Wildcats are. It, it, it's phenomenal to see this team play so well in a variety of different ways offensively, and a lot of it does stem with what Oscar Shibway brings to the table. If you want to get it to him in transition, if you want to work it in the half court and slow the clock down, if you want to get it inside out, we saw Kentucky do that a little bit in this game. They can do anything they want on the offensive end, and a lot of it stems from what Ty Ty Washington and what uh, Oscar Shibway uh, bring to the table. So that's all I got for this game, 92-77. Uh, was the final score? Um, I believe my final score prediction was eighty-seven to seventy. Uh, I wasn't like terribly off, um, but I was off, and it was a, it was a good win. It was a very good win, and we will continue to talk about some more Kentucky basketball on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Kentucky. But that's going to do it for today. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Doll Pound. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Again, I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.